The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello. Hey. We are back. It uh, it's it's not Friday. It's not Friday. Believe it's Thursday. That. We're recording this a day earlier than we typically do that. We're ahead of it. For what reason? None of your fucking it's none of your business. Fucking business. No, no, my band's going into the studio, so. It's a really nice way of saying he's having a penis reduction surgery. It's just too I thought large. We, we agreed we weren't going to talk about that. It's, oh, I'm not even recording yet. Don't worry about it. Oh, thank God. This is just between thank friends God. here. But, you know, your penis is 400 inches soft. And doctors, they just they have to get at least half of that down because it's just not conducive to a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, it's really impeding on a lot of things. But it's okay. Thank God you're not recording yet. All right, you guys ready to record? Yeah. Hello! How's it going? We are starting a cult. That's Grant. I'm it's Jake. true, we're here. Uh, yeah, we're back for Bob Berdella Part 2. Yeah, if you did, I, I don't know, maybe you didn't think that this guy was anything other than just a weirdo with an interesting wife. He kills people. Yeah. I don't want to tell yeah. you that, but I hate to be the one to break the news to you. Oh yeah, last time we covered it a little bit, he, he, he killed that man. Yeah, he... Threw him in the trash. That, see, Jerry that poses Howell. an interesting thing, because my thought... I feel like burying a corpse is a lot more simple than people want to say it is. Because let's say, let's say you're in the heat of the moment, right? You kill someone. It's it's done. They're dead. Bury them. Don't bury them six feet. Bury them like nine feet, okay? That's just a shit ton of digging, though. No, but you dig down. You bury them. And then cover them up with like three to four feet of dirt, you know? And then throw like a dead cat or dog on there. So that way, if they're searching for the area, <laughs> and they find that area, and they do a dig, they're going to find that animal and be like, oh, they just, uh, you know, they're not going to dig deeper. Yeah, you really have thought this out, haven't you? No, it's just super simple. Yeah, yeah. It mm. really is extremely simple. You got to have a decoy. makes me want to dig a little deeper where you buried that Ouija board. No, you got to have a decoy. That's the decoy board. <laughs> like, don't you dare dig any deeper, but that's that's fine. Yeah, I'd love to see you try. Uh, there's, there's a lot of cement. I'd love to see you try that. Yeah. No, no, he, uh, burying wasn't for him. It was more of a uh, 
He was more of a... He's more of a, a pick-it-apart sort of guy, you know? He was very nitpicky. That is an interesting one. It's like when... I I actually have nothing to compare it to. I don't know. It's kind of like, <laughs> I guess... He's kind of an uncomparable guy. Oh, one thing I did want to say, uh, kind of first off. I remember when I was going through the acronyms of... Uh, of, of the different positions he would write in his notes, the different kinds of fucks, the various fucks. Ah, uh, yes, the BFGs. I left one out because I, I, I watched uh, Bob's Bizarre Bizarre, the Bizarre Bizarre oh, movie. Oh, it's strange, isn't it? It's, it's crazy, strange, man. man. It, it is like a legitimate documentary. With just some with extra just some... strangeness Ooh, peppered in. Man, it was fucking crazy. But that, uh, that documentary enlightened me to the... Uh, the other acronym he would use, SF, for side fuck. Now, is this one of those, like, like the the Johnny Sins porn position where they're, like, you know, they're laying on their side as if they were taking a nice nap? And, um, but meanwhile, just behind there. Just I would blah, assume. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I would assume it was something like that, more of an intimate situation. He's behind them. You know, they're in the same bed, spooning. But anyway, I just didn't want to, you know, leave out the whole spectrum of acronyms he used to describe the way that he uh, did these terrible things to these young men. The San Francisco. Yeah, pretty much. That's not a bad, uh, that's not a bad replacer there. You want to just get into uh, how many other people he fucking killed and all the other terrible things he did? Yeah, I think he should. Okay. All right, so we left off last week. With the brutal torture, rape, and slow death of Jerry Howell, not to mention the uh, slipshod and gruesome dismemberment and disposal of his body thereafter. Now, uh, Bob claimed that he was initially sickened by this. All right, He was like, oh God, what have I done to Jerry Howell? He's dead. This is disgusting. He's very remorseful. Uh, the diary of meticulous notes that he took, as well as the Polaroids, they kept hidden. Like, he just kind of... He kept him hidden, unvisited, didn't even look at him for months. But. Months, you say? Months. Like a long-ass time. That is a long time. I mean, you you really don't put that into perspective in these stories, you know, but like a month. Just a month. You know, think if, like, if someone told you, I'm going to give you $500 next month. You're going to be waiting a while if you want that money, you know? No, it's true. Yeah. Like, you're going to be waiting. It's a while. The best way to deal with, like, that amount of time going by is just to forget about it. Or sleep. If you could somehow sleep for that long. Like I mean, you think about it. In a given month, you probably sleep for a total of maybe 10 to 14 days. On average, I'd say, depending on, you know, how you sleep. Maybe. Uh, I mean, if you're getting a good amount every day, it'd probably be like three days for one day of sleep. You know, eight hours. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Either way, he, it's about he, ten days almost. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like a hibernation. He was he was in hibernation of his killing because um, after a while, after months, as time dragged on, Bob began taking the photos out. You know, sneak a little peek, uh, as well as the diary to like you know flip through. And he keeps doing this uh, for a while, and what do you know? Eventually, he starts getting off to these pictures and notes on the reg. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess, as weird as that is, it's like, if you're going to take the time to document it all, I, you have yourself a good time. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, what would I even do this for if I'm not going to look at him? Uh -huh. Who else is going to look at him? They'll tell on me. So around nine months after his first murder, uh, Bob Bradella got a knock on his door. 
okay? It was April 10th of 1985, and there stood 23-year-old Robert Sheldon. All right, Sheldon, he was a heavy drinker who had been in and out of Bob's house over the previous months. Uh, so Bob agreed, and all the, Bob agreed, you know, to let him stay there. And although Robert would always pay his share uh, when staying with Bob, Bob thought he was a very uh, annoying guy. He thought he was an inconvenience. Uh, he was just uh, he was just annoying, and uh, he kind of rubbed Bob the wrong way. And though Bob uh, claims that he was not sexually attracted to Sheldon, he decided on April twelfth, two days after his arrival, to drug Sheldon with substances. Um, with a sedative, actually, um, when he stumbled in drunk one night. Okay, but, yeah. okay. But Sheldon was such a crazy party animal. I just keep picturing Big Bang Theory Sheldon <laughs> being tortured by Bob for Joel. Like, you know how funny that would be? Oh, God. He just wakes up tied up. It's like, bazinga. <laughs> bazinga. Bazinga. Like, um, you're in my spot, Bob. It's like, uh, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> All right, so he comes in drunk one night. And uh, and Bob's like, you know what? Here's this sedative. But Sheldon it was crazy because his tolerance for these kinds of things was so high that it had little to no effect on him. Right? Sedatives even after being drunk. Uh, so Bob then waited for two days after this. All right, he just kind of like he was like, all right, all right, back to the drawing board, and then two days after that, he slipped Sheldon a capsule with the equivalent of five volumes in it. That's a lot of volume. It's arguably too much value. That should make you loopy, dude. It'll oh yeah, make you feel like you're hungover. It knocked him out almost immediately. Uh, so then Bob took Sheldon's pants off, tied his ankles, and dragged him up to the third floor bedroom. Dragging. Um, dragging. Why wouldn't you just drug him up there? You know, save yourself that work. It was in the moment, man. He was just, he had to act. He thought too prematurely. He did. He did. Uh, so then Bob, uh, he proceeded to rape Sheldon. Of course, um, of course. Yeah, of course. Before swabbing drain cleaner in his eyes to blind him, make him a little more docile and easy to control. I feel like that would not make someone docile. That like <laughs> make me freak out. If you're trying to, like, he did. He made the right call. If you're trying to, you know, get someone to relax. <laughs> I'm glad you, you approve. Of give this. them some Valium. You know that will cool them off. It will relax them in more ways than one. But I, I cannot grasp the idea. Of just, I'm gonna blind this bastard. That'll really calm him down. That's a terrible plan. <laughs> well, he did it. I mean, uh, yeah, he raped him and swabbed his eyes with drain cleaner, and uh, then he gave him a soapy water enema and stuck a carrot up his ass. CF. CF. There we go. Uh, then he put caulk in Sheldon's ears. Not cock. And, no, cock. not not cock. It wasn't an, an ear fuck sort of situation. Cock, like the thing to seal, you know, the edges of bathtubs. Like with the and thing shit. that Shoenice eats. <laughs> is he still alive? Yeah, he is. He's, he's still, still alive. alive. Are you shitting me? Uh huh. Yeah, he's still. I don't think he's making those videos, but I've seen him on like TikTok. I follow him. Actually, he's on TikTok. Yeah, he just like answers questions and just like oh talks. Oh my god, dude! I just remember seeing that one video of like the behind the scenes dudes, like his cameramen, <laughs> like, and they would just tell terrible. the stories. Like, yeah, after every video we made, he would like 
violently vomit and shit blood for weeks. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, he's just chugging liquor. I remember just feeling disgusted by myself for watching that video of him downing that fireball in the library. <laughs> for some reason, that's like the saddest thing I've ever seen. Dude, when he was eating those like full speed stick deodorants. Just out just of the like... tube, just squeezing them into his mouth. Like, I'm going to eat this box uh, of crayons. Yeah. Like, oh, God. But, uh, but yeah, Sheldon's ears weren't as equipped for caulk as, as Shoe Nice's mouth. So, uh, so yeah, uh, caulk was put in his ears so he couldn't hear. He couldn't see because of the drain cleaner in his eyes. Uh, and, and Bob just went to bed after that. That was the first night. That's what immediately happened. Well, it, obviously, it's going to tucker you out a little bit if you're doing all that. It's like wrestling it's a, a big grease night. pig. But you're wrestling a caulked victim. You yeah. know, it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's different, but it's the same. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like the Impossible Burger It's of not crazy torture. that you made that comparison. You no. know what I mean? Uh, but so, yeah, all this crazy stuff happened that night. The next morning, Bob used a bunch of hypodermic needles on Sheldon as an amateur attempt at acupuncture to try to find which areas of his body uh, the needles produced the most pain in. I would bet Isn't that the like exact opposite like thing you're trying to do with acupuncture usually kind of it's like either to relieve pain or I would venture a guess uh I'm going to I feel like the neck would be the easy answer but I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here I'm going to say the tops of the elbows like the part that is on the top of your forearm you know mm. the elbow oh, okay. that you can see you know you look down like where the weenus is at uh where they draw blood Kind of, yeah. I feel yeah. like there's something about that particular spot that it would, it would hurt like a son of a. Oh, bitch. I'd imagine underneath the biceps, even like in, in your pit. No, that for that's. I feel like he might have stumbled upon something there. Yeah, I don't know. It. I mean, his his journals may have held the answer to this question that he was trying to find, but I I couldn't find it. Either way, he was he was just doing some amateur acupuncture, and uh, then he went off to work again. Uh, his to his stand at the flea market, the bizarre bizarre, uh, leaving all of the needles in Sheldon's body all day. Then uh, he returned home that night. Bob used an electric transformer to electrocute the needles that he'd left in there all day, shocking his victim to no end. So uh, Sheldon's having a bad time. Okay, I like how we describe it as a bad time. It's like <laughs> he's having. It's a, not a good one. He's you know? not having a great day. He's, I mean, he's in for it. He's in for it now. You're you're cross you're crossing the finish line of death here. Um, I would say the volume I'm okay with. You know, I'm okay with that. Once the next step occurred, the Drano, I would just wish for death after that. Like that, that's where I draw the line. Yeah, I don't really want any chemicals, um, like that being injected into me. Uh, no, not a, or swabbed in my as eyes. Long as, especially if I'm uh, unaware of it. Yeah, if I'm aware yeah. of it, it's a different scenario. Maybe it, there's something to it. I don't know, but no, 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 no. I don't. I don't get down. No, yeah. So this sounds like a terrible time. Um, but what put an end to all of it uh, was a man by the name of Philip Bukovic. Uh, he was he like Bob came home one day and he was just up on the roof repairing something that he apparently had told Bob that he would repair uh, for like months. So it's just like, all right, I'm just finally getting this work done. And Bob saw this, and he was like, you know what? I don't want to risk uh, Phil hearing or seeing anything uh, that's going on in my my room. 
through the roof, or God forbid he comes in and uses the bathroom and hears something. Uh, so Bob comes home, he sees Philip up on the roof, he's like, oh, fuck. And then he just kind of like casually walks inside, uh, he immediately went upstairs to Sheldon, and he suffocated him with a plastic bag. Okay, okay. So Sheldon's dead. Uh, the Thank kid- God. I mean, sorry about you, Sheldon, but you got, that's, that was your victory. That was your victory. Honestly, there. it was. We'll see later that him dying this early is a very big win on his part. Absolutely. Absolutely, actually. Absolutely. But, uh, so yeah, I didn't want to, it, it, he's dead. The, as you could see, the killing didn't really mean much. Like, no, he was not his thing. Like, this guy, Bob Berdella, is like pretty much the definition of a process killer. Like, he does not care how they die or if they die. He, it's all about the process getting there, you know? Mm hmm. It's about the journey, it's not the destination. Yeah. He doesn't care where he's going on vacation. He just wants a nice trip, he wants to see some new things. Nice he doesn't care like that. how or when you die. He wants to have fun while you die. Yeah, exactly. So he kills him with a plastic bag, all casual. And an hour and a half later, Phil left. So Phil was just up there doing this the whole time, probably chit-chatting with Bob, you know, just like, yeah, this is going, it's not much. But, uh, so yeah, he hung around for like an hour and a half, then Phil left. And Bob decided to drag Sheldon's body to the third floor bathroom. And he took off the arms and legs with a boning knife and left the mutilated torso in the bathtub overnight. Okay. So he just took a little break. Okay. He had to, you know, he had to build up his strength for later in the evening. Yeah. You know? No, of course. Just let him soak. It's like the dishes. You know, when you don't do them right away, you let them soak for a minute. Yeah. It's an overnight sort of situation. Uh, so with morning's first light... Uh, Bob cut Sheldon's head off with a chainsaw and placed the head in the freezer where it stayed for like a few days, actually, uh, before Bob buried it in the backyard. So I guess he is sort of a bit of a barrier kind of guy. Yeah. But only with the heads. He doesn't want to make too big of a hole. No, you just want just enough. You know, you want to make your mark, but you don't want to be aggressive about it. Yeah. You don't want to take over. Yeah. Yeah. So as for the rest of the body, uh, trash day was a few days off. Oh, God, gross. So, Bob placed the body parts in a series of trash bags and kept them in the cold basement uh, so as to not stink up his house any more than it already was, uh, what with the trash and all the dog feces. 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 Then on Monday morning, the uh, trash method of disposal worked out uh, for Bob yet again. Second victim down, all right? Sheldon is no more. And a mere two months later, you went. Let's just keep going. Let's just f- fucking. Yeah, let's just plow. Let's just right mi- in. plow through this to the end because it's going to be a lot of the same shit. A lot of just tortury, murdery, rapey murder. Yeah. Uh, so a mere two months after this, Berdella killed again. This guy's name was Mark Wallace. He was a young man uh, that stayed with Bob in exchange for rent money and yard work on and off. And Wallace was an ex-Marine who uh, was dishonorably discharged from the military, either due to or resulting in a heavy drinking problem. So he was just a drinker. Uh, During a time when Wallace wasn't staying with Bob, there was a particularly bad thunderstorm in the area, and Wallace found refuge in Bob's shed. So he just kind of stumbled in there. The next day, Bob's dogs were, like, acting 
super crazy around the shed. He went over to investigate. He found Wallace. Uh, Bob then brought Wallace into the house. They chatted for a while until, so Bob claims, Wallace requested to be inject, uh, requested to be injected with a tranquilizer. Ooh, so Bob injection. claims he wanted this. Uh, so we did it. He did it. After this was done, Bob kept him drugged and intermi- with intermittent uh, injections. Took him up to the attic, tied him up, and connected alligator clip electrodes to Wallace's nipples and testicles. So it's very fast paced. He just went right into it this time. Fast paced torture. <laughs> fast paced. We like to do it quick. We don't Bam, wait Bam, where am I? You don't know. We don't have fun with it. We do it because we need to. Yeah. So he he then shocked him incessantly and just to see him scream, you know, he kinda liked it, the power he had. Uh I'm gonna say it's unfortunate and fortunate, but I will say fortunately for Wallace. Uh, he was pumped with so many drugs so fast that he died that night, uh, presumably the same way that Jerry Howell did by suffocation on his own vomit due to the gag. Jimi Hendrix style. Jimi Hendrix style. Chinese, Chinese food and German sleeping pills. Write that down. Perfect. It works every time. <laughs> Poor Jimmy. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this occurred far earlier than uh, it was supposed to in Bob's eyes because... This was uh, on a Sunday night. So Bob now had to prepare the body for disposal by the next morning. And if he wanted to hang out, like, so, you know, so he didn't have to hang on to the rotting corpse all week. So Bob pulled an all-nighter and was able to manage dumping Wallace's body in the trash cans for the lovely waste management workers of Kansas City to take away that Monday morning. God, if only they knew. If only they knew what they were doing that day. It had to have been pretty heavy, right? I'm not saying at all that they should have just like, oh, I wonder what this is, and like investigate it. It's like it's trash. You're not going to, who cares? I was going to say, I feel like that's asking for trouble. If you're the garbage, you're nosy garbage man, those two things do not work well <laughs> it's together. Like, just take it away. It's like your job just is. get rid of it. You have to get rid of it. I, I mean, like, I don't you care. You got an incinerator if, over there, use that. I don't care if you know what's in my garbage. But at the end of the day, if you're, like, scouring through my garbage to be like, what's this guy up to? You shouldn't be a garbage man. Like, you really shouldn't. No, yeah, you can't be You can't be opening the bags. Mm-mm, no, you, it's just, it's unethical. You know, you don't do that. That's not your business. And I will say the Kansas City Waste Management Workers didn't look in the bags. Because, yeah. Because they, they just took it away every Monday morning. They're reasonable individuals. They're not, they're not giving a fuck about yeah. what you throw away. It's a living. They make a lot of money. Yeah, being a garbage Dude, man is a not, is a pretty sweet that, gig. That's some pretty good shit. And I, I'd have to imagine your immune systems are like out the chain. Probably you know? now, most of them they have like you don't even have to really grab the cans. They just do that arm, and it just fucking does yeah, it. Yeah, just become a crane guy. You just got to drive a really uncomfortable car all day. Yeah, I'd imagine. There's that. But that's, it's a trade. You know, you always have to have a trade-off. I'm sure there's, like, areas in the country where they still have that one guy just hanging off the edge of it. Oh, I bet. Just to get off and throw and then, like, smack on the side of it to make him go to the next house. That'd be kind of fun. It's it's kind of romanticized in my mind. I don't think in anyone else's, but. Well, you get a good workout if, you know, depending on the location, you might get nice weather. You might have a nice afternoon. There you go. Uh, You just get to kind of cruise. You get to do, you get to ride in a vehicle 
the way that no one else can legally do, you know? Yeah. And I imagine the smell isn't uh, really a factor after the first, like, month. Honestly, yeah, you get used to it, and, you know, I mean... I don't see what you... I'm sure you're going to have some air fresheners and whatnot. You know, you'll be fine. Of course. Of course. So, Bob, at this point. um, Three murders down. Okay. Uh, Bob, at this point, was becoming a bit obsessed in a strange way. Like, his neighbors, they thought Bob was an alright guy. He was taking in all these troubled boys. He was running his little fun business. He'd smile and wave at the neighbors when they passed. He seemed all right, but uh, that was before he was killing people. Uh, at this point, after the third murder, he was reverting kind of back to his childhood aloofness by, uh, you know, he he was just he just kept his head down. Was not very was not very uh, friendly, neighborly. Right? And if this you time will. he had the childhood aloofness, but he had like a sinister, threatening manner of a grown loner man. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's not a good mix. It's you have that childish sense of I don't want to talk to you. No, but that get gr- away that grown man sense of just like everyone's out to get me. <laughs> so it's just get away from me, but come buy my things. It's a strange, yeah, especially for a guy who yeah, makes he's like a, a businessman as a salesman. Like you have to be a people person if you're working in a retail market, and that's it. This is retail of retail. I mean, this is, you know, second Yeah, it's like you, you need to sell people on this shit. They're not buying your products. They're buying you, your personality. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, all right, Bob needed another victim, all right? And on uh, September 26th, he needed it. He needed, he needed it. He needed needed it. it. Uh, <laughs> on September 26th of 1985, he got one, all right? He, he got it. He nabbed it. He reeled it in. He Worm it. and cheese and lures and everything. He used all of it. Everything. All right, so James Ferris, this man named James Ferris. He was friends with a man named George Shaw. These two were running buddies. They were drifters. They were also druggy dragon chasers. All right, Fair so enough. they're, you know. Uh, in this pursuit of substances, they turned to Bob Berdella for a bottle of animal tranquilizer. Oh, where do you get that? <laughs> I don't know, man. He was getting them through like he was getting a lot of his things through like prescriptions of like doctors. I don't know I what I have they... a horse at home that's real anxious <laughs> all the time. I don't know what he told them to get all this shit. But uh he sold it to him for thirty bucks and apparently it did nothing. So they came back and they exchanged it for like weed. Okay. Which I would imagine is a complete different experience than animal tranquilizer. Well, especially from, like, uh, being a heroin addict. Tell like, just give me some, give me a joint, you know? It's like... <laughs> just give me some of this fucking 80s ditch weed. That's, <laughs> like, the equivalent of some guy being a raging alcoholic, and they're like, we're totally out of beer, and he's like, fine, I'll settle for lemonade. It just, it doesn't <laughs> like, make it any It doesn't sense. do the same thing. It's nowhere near what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so after they exchanged this for weed, right, uh, the pair would frequently show up at Bob's place drunk looking for a place to stay. Because they knew him, you know, he was a familiar face, he would, uh, you know, rooms to rent out. Uh, one thing, Bob hated Ferris. So James Ferris, Bob hated this guy, specifically. Uh, because I, would, I feel like I would hate him too. Yeah, he just, I mean. <laughs> he doesn't seem like a great guy. But I mean, none of the people coming in and out of Bob's house seemed like great people. You know, valid point. but I guess this guy particularly got under Bob's skin. Uh, apparently, 
Somewhere along the line, Ferris tried to get Bob involved in this drug sting, like to help cops in order to help Shaw, his buddy uh, Richard, uh, not Richard, George Shaw, so out Richard of Richard Shaw. He was like being used as like a bait sort of thing for like a hash charge. Like he got caught with like hash, and he was like, "If you help us take down this guy, we'll let you off go free." And they tried to involve Bob in it, and he was like, "You know what? That's not cool." Bob's like, just do I that. have way bigger things at home than hash, buddy. <laughs> you need a horse that needs to be put down? Yeah. I could do that. On top of this, you know, because that's enough to make you not like someone. On top of this, Bob said that really, uh, what what really made him want to take Ferris as victim was the fact that he was he was just annoying. So Bob seems very annoyed by a lot of these people. I feel like that is... It, it's a good defense if it were something, if Bob Rodella just ended up, like, swiping him in the back of the head. Everyone would be on his side. They'd be like, okay, you know, maybe he was getting Dude, under your skin. It's like kindergarten timeout in the corner. It's like, why'd you hit him? It's like, he's annoying me. It's like, oh, so this guy's, like, holding him captive and raping them because he's annoying. annoying. He's so it's annoying. Like, I can't wait to fuck? just rape him repeatedly and hold him hostage That'll against his will. Him. That'll fix his... <laughs> That'll fix his fucking wagon, fix his behavior. Maybe I'll fucking inject some Drano into his throat so he can't talk anymore. Oh, God. All right, so uh, that being the case, uh, his hatred and all that. No, his annoyance, not even hatred. His annoyance, that being the case. The next time Ferris showed up at Bob's place, uh, Ferris was by himself. He didn't have his friend George. So, uh, Bob crushed up a bunch of Valium. And sprinkled it into a pot of chili. Ooh. Yeah, right? Homemade chili with Valium in it. That, <laughs> that, kind of, that sounds like a badass potluck, motherfucker. Oh, that Can is... Can you imagine? That is interesting, because think I of... I mean, Bob probably put too much Valium in there, but... Think of Thanksgiving, you know? What's the shit in Turkey that makes you sleepy? Uh, trip the fan. Yeah, like, that stuff like that. You feel good, you know, you eat, you're like, ooh, I'm kind of tired, like, I'm, I feel like if I just like, close mm. my eyes, but you get that feeling times 50 after eating a bowl of chili. That is the most mixed messages ever, because your body's <laughs> relaxed, but your insides are like, I'm going to shit it's right like, it's now. It's going to be projectile. If you don't get up right now, you will poop, and it's like, I can't move. <laughs> it's like, all right, it's just going to stew in there, it'll get worse. It's going to It's going to bubble. But, uh, yeah, so Bob crushed up a bunch of Valium, sprinkled it in a pot of chili, fed it to Ferris um, at the beginning of this whole gruesome cycle, uh, and it just started again. Uh, but Bob was getting more experimental with his torturing, right? Cause, so after he fed the chili, he, like, tied him up, he brought him up to the room, he tied him down, and he began raping him, torturing him. Standard stuff with Bob, okay? So, Absolutely. So Bob was getting more experimental with his torturing. On top of the rape and the vegetables. Uh, Bob hooked up electric transformers to a metal spatula that he used on Ferris's shoulders, ass, and testicles. Sadist SpongeBob. Yeah. And the shocks would last between two and five minutes. That's a lot of shocks. Isn't that insane? Just consistent? I feel like after like 20 or so seconds, your body's got to just tune it out, right? It's just like dude. it. What is, I don't. I don't know. We shut down. I guess it's fucked, dude. The first night he did this, it started at like nine p.m. He didn't stop until he left for work around like ten forty-five the next morning. Man, how do you 
uh, can you imagine going to work that next day? You can't. You can't think. You didn't sleep, dude. It's all night with this torture. That must have been torture for Bob. You're right. Yeah, you know, having you to go through see, a day. I've pulled all nighters. You start to then... feel bad for him, but sense you're like, yeah. you put in so much work with this. <laughs> He's working himself ragged with his passions. Oh, Bob, you sickened <laughs> oh, me. Oh God, but yeah, so it was all night with this torture. Then Bob went off to work. Worked a full day after an all-nighter. Um, so when Bob returned home that night, he saw that Ferris was running a fever. And so what does he do? He Shoots him in the head. Ooh, I wish it was that simple. No, he injects a little penicillin in there to keep him uh, keep him regulated. Was he a you know? diabetic? or is he... I don't know how he's getting all this medical equipment, <laughs> but he has it and he's using it. He's, he's not even a doctor or like a vet. Like he, he's a recent. He works at a swap meet. Okay, that's like what he does. <laughs> he does, he does. I guess that maybe answers the question. I'm sure there's some shady characters at certain swap meets. Man, you could buy anything at swap meet. But yeah, so we had a fever. So Bob was like, "I got this penicillin. Here you go." And uh, before uh, he did that, before returning to the regularly scheduled sodomy and torture. Luckily for Ferris, however. Uh, just like with previous victims, the amount of tranquilizer used on him, uh, to keep him docile ultimately ended in an overdose a few hours into the second day's torture session. Okay. So he's dead. Pretty quick. It was at this point that, uh, an investigation was opened regarding Bob Berdella. Because the police were just like, what, why are all these people just going missing? Why aren't we doing anything? So they were just like, maybe we should possibly see if we should maybe do something maybe maybe tomorrow or the day after i don't know we'll we'll get to it i'm kind of busy this week but uh so yeah uh, the police interviewed countless young men that claimed to have been drugged by bradella some even claiming that he liked to tie up little boys uh, in his basement to later use for sex which while there was no evidence of this specifically it's not too far-fetched at all i mean i would say he's quite literally doing it with people that aren't children. So, <laughs> yep. I mean, it's not impossible. Yeah. See, it's not too far-fetched. It's like a guy who coaches softball. You know, like he's he's coaching for a children's team now. It's like, well, he is a coach. I mean, I didn't, you know, I <laughs> he knows I, how to play the game. I, I can mean. imagine he can take that knowledge he's learned and apply it to children, it, yeah. you know. But fucking Ferris's friend George Shaw, he even led authorities to Bob's house after Ferris's disappearance. Uh, but due the due to the homosexual nature of the supposed crimes, the police did next to nothing to follow these leads. Regardless, uh, this brief police presence caused Bob to slow down a little bit in his torturous and murderous habits. So he took a bit of a hiatus. Just a little one. All right. You know, there was like a two-month period before uh, the, the one we just talked about and all that stuff. But this one, this next one, which we're going to get into, on June 17th of 1986, this was about nine months after Ferris's murder. Nine months, you say? Nine months. Uh, Bob ran into Todd Stoops. <laughs> Stoops. Stoops. Todd Stoops. He ran into him in... Uh, Kansas City's Liberty Memorial Park. Uh, a little bit about Stoops. Stoops was a drug-addicted 23-year-old prostitute who'd been in and out of Bob's house throughout the previous years. Can so Bob knew this I guy. Mean, wouldn't you just hate it if, like, 
I mean, you just you get murdered or you're associated with the wrong guy. <laughs> Wouldn't you hate it if you got murdered? <laughs> you think about this Stoops guy. I mean, I'm not saying the guy led a good life, but he was just, you know, a 23-year-old drug addict that just, you know, wanted to, you know, have sex with men for money. And that's fine. But because he was introduced to Bobardella, history will forever know him and his occupation. <laughs> it's embarrassing, uh, maybe to him. I don't know. Maybe he owned it. I'm just saying. It's like, I feel like he owned it to some degree. I don't think he did. He made any of those decisions, hoping that the world would remember him for that. <laughs> yeah. But lo and behold, yeah. here he is. Well, neither did Bobardella, and that's yeah. I don't know. That's neither here nor there. But. Uh, so, so, yeah, Bob ran into him at that Liberty Memorial Park in Kansas City. Uh, Bob invites Stoops back to his place for lunch, and he threw in the fact that he would give him the extra $13 he needed to get his next fix if he had sex with him. So that's something to get him back to the house. That is, like, aggressively cheap. Well, I mean, I, both I looked drugs up... drugs and sex. Yeah. <laughs> I also looked up the, like... Uh, the 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 monetary like translator exchange rate. To, yeah the exchange rate I can never fucking remember that but uh, to this year it's like thirty one dollars <laughs> okay that's like a so little bit more manageable it's still not very good just for some reason I mean I can't imagine that's me. like a crave case <laughs> this guy bought thirty cheeseburgers for sex yeah yeah so yeah he came back he was like you know what yes I'll come with you Bob and Bob was extremely attracted to Stoops, okay? He was like, this guy is steamy. Uh, which ultimately led to Stoops' experience lasting far longer than the victims before him. Uh, two weeks. Yeah. He was kept alive for two weeks. That's rough stuff. I know. It all started with Bob crushing up a few tranquilizers in a peanut butter sandwich and feeding it to Stoops, right? So instead of gagging his victim this time after he passed out, uh, like he'd done in the past, Bob injected Drano into Stoops' voice box through his neck so he couldn't scream. Let's just okay. kind of sit in, in in awe of that. He, I mean... He doused an organ of his in Drano so he couldn't scream. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do, you know? The hustle's a hustle, I, <laughs> I don't guess. Know if you do have to do that. I don't know. That seems a bit excessive to me. A bit excessive. I don't know. Oh. You know. To him, it seems okay. God. Okay, so he did that. He did the Drano voice box cleanse. And then uh, Bob went on to engage in sexual torture sessions with Stoops, lasting anywhere from 3 to 17 hours at a time. Okay, this was no small feat. Uh, this went on for two full weeks until he eventually died. And this death was arguably the most brutal due to its cause. So, this is gross. Well, it's all gross, but this is crazy. Early on in the process of torture, when he first, you know, got him as his victim, uh, Bob fisted Stoops' anus. And that ruptured wow. it. It ruptured it. So... Finger is a lot different than a fist. Oh, Let me yeah. tell you that. Oh my! Things like fists, not good. So he fisted him. It ruptured his anus, and this led to an infection uh, developing and settling in, all whilst enduring unimaginable pain from torture, almost nonstop, and eventually Stoops finally died of this infection. 
Okay. Bob, with time to spare before garbage pickup, dismembered the body on the, in like the third floor bathtub over the course of the following two days. Uh, he then stored the body in the cold basement that I mentioned before and waited for the Monday morning when he, again, succeeded in just throwing away his victims. Okay. 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 So that guy's gone. Number four, I think. Was that number four? Yeah, it was four. Something like that. That was a big four, too. That was a that was bad. It was a big four. That was a bad one. Uh, it was around this time that the loose police investigation began suspecting Bradella of Satanist practices due to his previous statements. Not his previous statements. Due to previous statements that were given about him, you know, like all the shit that he was doing. Um including his, like, stock of oddities that he was selling. And in the stock of oddities, uh, there were a bunch of books on Satanism and witchcraft. Okay. And after the case broke later, like, I I don't know. After the case broke later on in the story, uh, Kansas City residents claimed to have seen Bradella present at Satanist meetings and rituals. This all, however, was staunchly denied by Bradella, who claimed... No, I've never exercised anyone. I don't even like aerobics. Ha, huh, so droll. Ha. Huh. He really thought he was funny. I kind of like it, but only because it's so fucked up. Only because it's like dumb. It's <laughs> like, like I know what he did. Ever. Uh, God. Here we go. Okay. The next victim. We're just going to keep going. The next victim of Bob Bradella showed up at Bob's work. The Bizarre Bazaar, in uh, the spring of 1987. Larry Pearson, a uh, 20-year-old who had recently uh, gotten out of jail for charging... uh, Well, he was charged with robbing a Domino's uh, delivery driver, which is the lamest thing to go to jail for, I'd say. Okay, yeah, maybe. You know, Uh, so he showed up at Bob's Bizarre Bazaar, and formed a bond with Bob almost immediately over his childhood interest in witchcraft. And he was like, you got books. I'm interested in that. Bob's like, look at that. So Pearson began staying at Bob's place in exchange for chores and help around the store. That's Uh, sweet. Right? It's kind of nice. Pearson eventually ceased doing chores, however, and would just kind of sort of hang out at Bob's place all day. It was this fact on top of the fact that Pearson began telling Bob with glee his stories of targeting and robbing and beating gay men. Wow, um, that's aggressive. Yeah, it's not it's not the best. That led to Bob taking him as a victim, ultimately. Uh, so in early August of 1987... So this is a spite one. This, this is, is kind of a spite one. He was just kind of like, no, this like guy's you. not bad. He's not annoying yet. He's but just then a he, jerk. Yeah. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I might kill You know what? I'm going to take him as a victim. If he dies, he dies. But uh, in, in early August of 1987, Pearson was complaining of not feeling well uh, when Bob got home from work one day. So uh, Bob injected him with tranquilizer under the guise of saying it was antibiotics because apparently he has antibiotics too. Uh, yeah, so we injected him with that. Bob then immediately challenged Pearson to a shots contest with vodka and schnapps. Interesting. So that, 
Sounds like a crazy night. That doesn't and a really sound weird, fun. It's a really weird solution for not feeling well. So you don't feel too good? Just get wasted. <laughs> It'll make you feel I'll worse. I'll show you what it means to not feel well. It's like, oh. Yeah. So, Pearson uh, was soon passed out, at which time Bradella injected him with four syringes of chlorpromazine. I don't know what that is. Well, let's see. Yeah, maybe check it out. We'll look into it. I'm on the case. Don't worry. Okay. He's had so many things to inject people with. It's like helpful things and very, very bad things. Mostly the bad things. He's not a good man. He was a substance man. He was a big substance (laughs) guy. He was a substance guy. He was a man man of substance. He always... He always had the right product. Oh, yeah. Chlorapromazine. I'm looking it up right now. I had to, first, I had to learn how to spell that. There we go. Yeah, it's not the, it's not the most uh, intuitive word. Um, let me pull up the exact definition here. It's a noun. Oh. It's a medicine. He injected him with a noun. A synthetic drug used as a tranquilizer, sedative, and antiemetic. It is a phenothiazine derivative. Let me look it up a little bit more. <laughs> you know what? That's kind of all I need. <laughs> but I feel like there's more specific things that are crazy. I don't know. He had four full syringes of chlorobromazine. And he put them all in this guy, but fucking Pearson. Okay, and then he dragged him to the basement. Uh, oh, big thing? What? Uh, you have to avoid alcohol at all costs while you're on this. Okay, medicine. so that's a big thing, because... He was just taking shots of vodka and schnapps. Yeah, he was. So that's not good. All right. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, But yeah, so we gave him four syringes of that shit. He dragged him to the basement. And a large reason why he went to the basement was because Pearson was, like, huge. He was, like, a very much larger man than the other victims. So Bob didn't want to bother trying to get him up the stairs. You know, he might hurt himself. Anyway. that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, Bob then chained Pearson's hand around a brick column and injected Drano into his voice box. Again. again. Yeah, again. He's starting to get some sort of a, a routine going here. He then hooked him up to electrodes and shocked him awake. That's how he woke up. Get up. <laughs> That's insane. That's so fucking crazy. All right. Uh, Bob then brought a mattress down to the basement. Uh, and broke Pearson's hands with an iron rod. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, Bob went to sleep. And then he woke up. And then he went to work. Okay. He woke up not even talking to this guy. Uh, and not even a hello or like a <laughs> good morning. He didn't say good morning. Uh, so this particular captor victim scenario lasted longer than any of the others had um, at a brutal six weeks. Okay, this was partially, it's crazy. This was partially due to Pearson becoming fully submissive uh, to the situation, saying all the lines, you know, of impending death and whatnot, while still being far from death's door, kind of just feeding into Bob's sense of ultimate control that he longed for. That's all he really wanted, theoretically, out of these situations. Just, yeah. And Pearson was giving it to him. Yeah, he was playing the role. So because of this, Bob began giving Pearson solid food. He gave him, like, sausage and eggs one morning. And he was like, this is crazy. I've never done this for a captive. 
uh, for the first time with any of his victims, right? So he allowed Pearson to engage in oral sex with him. Oh, how nice of him. How <laughs> Isn't that just nice. so sweet of him to allow him to do that? I but like he, he hadn't done this with any of his me. other victims. He's like, I trust you. You can blow me. So that's what happened. Bob even moved him to the bedroom after a while, leading him up through the house uh, using a dog collar and leash so he could be tied up uh, in the bed when he went to work. So he could just, you know, kind of lay all day in bed rather than uh, wrapped around a brick pole in the basement. That's sweet. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. But Bob, uh, is what, what would he do? He would wake up. They, I mean, they kind of, like, fell into this weird routine, like I said. But, like, eventually after all this, all this like, torture happened and he brought them up to the room, they fell into a routine of, like, no torture at all, really. But he would still have sex with them. They, it would kind of just be like, Bob would wake up, he would rape Pearson, uh, he would go to work, then he would come back, give Pearson some cigarettes. Sometimes even he would, he would like, rent movies for them to watch together. I wonder what kind of movies. I don't know. I, wonder, I bet you it was what like kind of Disney movies? movies. Do you think it was just The Collector over and over again? I'm, no, I'm thinking it was something like he wanted to relate to this guy on a different level, and he just had no idea. <laughs> I bet you, well, no, I bet you, you think they, they watched, watched, like, Pretty Woman or something? They were probably watching those weird, like, John Waters movies, like Pink Flamingos and shit. Mm. Like some Good, of that bad weird taste, yeah. 80s shit. I don't know, there's something about that. I feel like that's what they're watching. Maybe, maybe. But, uh, so yeah. Yeah, so they fell into a routine. Uh, little to no torture. Pretty good, right? But that didn't last too long, because on August 5th of that year, Pearson, while giving Bob oral sex, bit down on Bob's dick with all of his might, uh, leaving the head hanging by a small bit of flesh. Ooh. So he just... Chop down right there. Ouch. Um, that's a that's like a new fear of mine. <laughs> I don't like just that. Getting the head of your dick chopped off. I don't like that. Uh-uh. Oh god. So uh yeah, he got his he got his dick bit. Bob then yelled at Pearson and beat him unconscious with a stick. Before going to the hospital. Uh, where he told doctors that a man named Larry Person bit his dick during fellatio. Larry Person. They're like, so where is this of guy? Pearson, it's Person. Okay. <laughs> you see what he did there? <laughs> Do you understand? Oh, God. So uh, Larry Person, uh, he told them, bit his dick, but he didn't want to press charges. Okay. So, oh, just fantastic. Uh, so then after a day or two in the hospital, Bob told the hospital staff that he had to go home and let his dogs out. So he did. He went home and uh, he put a plastic bag over Pearson's head. Uh, he was Pearson was still unconscious from the beating, but he was still living. But yeah, Bob put a plastic bag over his head and suffocated him. He then returned to the hospital where he learned from, from the doctors that uh, the surgery reconstructed his penis. Yes. But he would never be able to achieve sexual sensation in the area ever again. I mean, take the victory as you can, you know? It's like at least it's there as like a monument. Like, you didn't die. Uh, it's kind of karma, if you will. I mean, the rapist gets his penis bit off. You yeah. know, that's... 
That's that's poetry yeah. right there. I love it. No, very much so. Uh, he he was discharged a few days later with a catheter. Ooh, right. Yowza! Catheters doesn't seem pleasant. They are not. Yeah, I've heard. And then when you take them out, you pee everywhere. You just can't hold your pee for like a day. It's just terrible. God, that sounds awful. Oh, it's it's brutal. Damn. All right, so when he got home, uh, Bob took his time with the dismembering process. Not only because garbage day was a few days off, but uh, he was also suffering from the more than well deserved pain of having his uh, dick chopped off. All right, so he couldn't really do any heavy lifting or big actions. You know what I'm saying? So he started to uh, he started off by slitting the torso with a razor, and he took out all the innards. Okay, yeah, that's smart. You know, kinda, it's just heavy stuff. Uh, then he took a break, and he later returned to take off the limbs. But because he was in such pain, he wanted these brief and parceled-out dismemberment sessions to go by quickly. And so he used the chainsaw to remove the head as well as the limbs. Not just solely a head tool anymore. So this resulted in a far messier scene, but ultimately worked uh, in finding the same end result. He then put the head in his freezer for about a week before going out to his backyard, digging up Sheldon's head, which he'd buried there maybe two years previous. And he replaced the head with a fresh new face. Okay. Okay. Change It's like changing tires. Yeah. It's like you get rid of the old one, put a new one in there. Uh, Bob then pulled all the teeth from the new, the, the not new, the now clean skull of Sheldon and... Uh, he placed the upper teeth in one envelope and the bottom teeth in another. Oh. <laughs> it took me a minute to kind of register. Yeah, he, he took out the teeth. So, uh, during all this, Bob never slowed down in his note-taking or photographing of each process. And uh, between victims, he still had people coming in and out of his house looking for lodging. So he was still just kind of going about his normal shit. Good for him. But, uh, you know, being a crazy monster, too. It's a, it's a life. You got to juggle, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's not it's, as easy as, life. like, being a mailman. You know, you just do one thing. You know what you got to do. You know what your business is. Yeah. This is this is a couple different lives you're trying to do at once. This is personified chaos. But, uh, so even after his dick was nearly bitten off, and he was doomed to wander the rest of his life, with a feelingless cock, all right? Uh, on March 22nd of 1988, Bob abducted a man who would later become known as his final victim, right? 22-year-old Christopher Bryson. Oh, yeah. He was a prostitute. He was a prostitute uh, that Bradella had picked up uh, around 1 a.m. that day under the pretenses of sex for money. Now, Bob had a reputation with a lot of the male prostitutes in the area as someone who would drug you, fuck you, and just leave you somewhere. Not a, that, not a good reputation at all. But Bryson was new to the scene, and he had a deep love for cocaine, uh, resulting in him getting into Bob's car, no problem. Oh, yeah. Coke will do some crazy shit, I hear. Oh, it'll, yeah, I don't, I... I can't speak personally to that, but I can't imagine it makes you have good choices. Yeah. I don't know about that. Coke. 
But uh, so unlike Bob's previous victims, upon arriving at Bob's place, Bryson was initially incapacitated by an iron pipe to the back of the fucking dome. Uh, they were walking up the stairs. He smashed him in the head, and he fell face first into the staircase and was immediately drugged in his neck. Okay. Yowza. So a bit more fast paced. I know we we're we we're speeding up there, but this is like, boom, you're fucking down. Yeah, he's ready to go. He is ready. But uh, Bryson then woke up a little later to find his limbs tied to Bob's bedpost, a gag in his mouth, and a collar around his neck. Bob then sodomized Bryson, big shocker, uh, and then he broke his hands with the iron rod, and then he swabbed his eyes with ammonia. Oh. And, you know, that was to blind him, but apparently it didn't completely work. He didn't completely go blind. So that's good. That was the coke. It helped him. It, it made his eyes <laughs> Made everything laser-focused. He could just see right through the ammonia burns. It was no issue at all. <laughs> uh, Bob then uh, attached the electrodes to Bryson's testicles and photographed the electrocution session. After this, it was explained to Bryson how all this was going to work. Okay. Uh, he'd stay alive if he cooperated and would be fed with the occasional rented movie to accompany it. Nice. Right? Bryson was told all these things while Bob was showing him the photographs of his past victims so as to encourage cooperation, as one might expect. Uh, 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 uh. So, Bryson was more or less unconscious for most of the three-day period that he spent with Bob Berdella. And was getting daily shots of Drano in his neck to keep him from screaming. Okay. Yeah, so crazy. But on the third day, he had had it. He was just sick of this. Over this short period of time, uh, Bryson had built up enough trust in Bob to convince him to tie his hands uh, in front of him rather than over his head. I think the excuse he used was like lack of blood flow. He was like, it's making my arms fall asleep. Okay. Which I don't know why... A torturer would need his victims to, to have, be comfortable. have arms that are awake. But, but you know, maybe he was just in, in any case. He yeah. was in a better mood that day. I feel like it was kind of like a domesticated sort of thing that he was going for. He's like, this is my slave, and I just do whatever I want with him. But we're, we, we understand each other. It's like, that's not... No. Come on. So anyway, he eventually just started tying uh, tying his hands in front of him. Uh, after this, when Bob left the room and uh, went to work, Bryson got one of his hands loose. He just kind of fidgeted enough until he got it loose, and he proceeded to free himself by using a book of matches to burn through his restraints. And this was like a slow-ass process, because... That's you gotta rem- Dude, you gotta remember, he has fucking broken hands. Yeah, that can't be and fun. And one of them is still bound, <laughs> and he's fucking drugged up. He's been electrocuted. He was afraid to touch anything in the room because he thought it was going to be electric, like electronified, electrified. That's just electricity para- in his that's, body. That's the cocaine paranoia talking. <laughs> he was scared to touch the bed frame. He's like, uh, it's all gonna, it's all gonna shock it's, me. It's just gonna hurt. It's like that gum you could buy at the ad scene on TV stores that like gives you a little zap when you pull on it. Oh yeah, the ordinary stick of gum. Everybody falls for it once, <laughs> at least once. But, uh, yeah, so he had broken hands. He was fucking lighting these fucking matches. 
And he had like thick ass ropes, like four separate thick ropes that he had to burn through that were tying his his feet. So this was no small feet, okay? Small feet. Small feet in two ways. So uh, after this, he he eventually got through. He burned through them. After this, uh, wearing nothing but a dog collar, Bryson jumped from the second story window, breaking his foot in the process, and he ran towards the street where a meter reader was uh, going about his day. A meter reader. Meter reader, 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 reader. A meter reader. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bryson screamed uh, to call the police as loudly loudly as he could with his Drano-soaked voice box. And he was taken to a residential home nearby where the police were called and arrived minutes later. So this, this, uh, this... it's the end of Bob. It's the end. It seems. Of the it line. seems like it would be the end of Bob, here, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, it is because <laughs> the day of his escape later that afternoon, Bob Burdell was arrested on charges of pertaining to sexual assault. So that's how they got him, right? They call the cops. The cops are going to come to his house, and they uh, they ask him. They're like, you know, you're going to let us in and search. And Bob tells him to fuck off, and uh, so they get a search warrant. That was that's step number one. Search warrant. You probably should have had that going in. Bob denied uh, them entry, makes it look sketchy. They get a search warrant. End of the line for Bob, because let me just tell you this. When they're looking around the house, they find a lot of shit. They find everything that's in that bedroom. They find all the ropes. They find a bunch of shit, okay? So we got the rope. We got an electrical transformer that's plugged into a wall with a lot wires leading from the bathroom to the bed. So you have the electric that, you know, yeah. he was afraid of. Yeah, the then shocker. They find a metal tray on the nightstand next to the bed containing prescription drugs, used and unused swabs, eye drops, and next to that, a, the very coveted long iron pipe. Uh, various lengths of rope and leather belts. Uh, it was also noted by the police that the bedposts were extremely worn and rugged, uh, almost signifying as if they had been used recently and a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot of rubbing from people struggling to break free. So they find all that. It's not looking good for Mr. Bobby. Uh, they end up searching the entire residence where they find two skulls in the backyard. Not a great start. Not the uh, best. They find vertebrae stored in the hallway. It's <laughs> just in the closet next to the fucking vacuum. Yeah, they they found pieces of vertebrae that was picked at with a knife and a saw. And then they found two envelopes full of teeth. There we go. Back to, what was it? Howell's teeth? Yeah, uh, yeah. No. Howell. Or what's his er, name? No. I got the name here. Don't worry. Sheldon. Sheldon. Yeah, Sheldon. I'm thinking of Jerry Howell. He's the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a first man. So they do all this, and then the cherry on top of the Sunday, they find 334 Polaroid pictures and 34 prints of various male individuals in all different stages of torture, some being before, during, and after murder. There you go. Um, 334 Polaroid pictures. That's a lot of fucking pictures. That's quite pictures. the amount. That is so but, many pictures. You know what? Like, when I... As I've been, like, researching all this shit and, like, how hard they hit 
like that on the head is just like there's so many, so many Polaroids. I expected there to be like thousands. Yeah. But 300 and some odd, that still is a sh- like. It's a lot. You shouldn't have one. You no. should not have one of anything in those photos, but. Um, where they uncovered the photos is where they also uncovered many, many more different types of restraints, pornographic literature, hypodermic needles, and a book on how to administer narcotics. Um, Very useful. Yeah, interesting. Uh, on top of that, that is where they found his stenographer's pad, the coveted pad where he documented every single thing he'd ever done to these individuals. So he's fucked. Yeah. I mean, he is fucked. He probably shouldn't have written any of it down. Uh, and then, believe it or not, it's not even over. Because on the way out, they find driver's licenses and wallets belonging to two missing people. And that would be Mr. Jerry Howell and James Ferris. They find both of their belongings yep. in the house. Yep, yep. Devil's in the details. You, you got to get rid of that stuff. Um... So what they pretty much when they got this, this was just the Kansas City Police Department that was in charge of this. And because as obviously the shit that they uncovered, they created a 11 man task force that their only job was to focus on the Bob Rodella case. Cool. They had to organize all the evidence and pretty much build the case against him. Uh, Then as far I mean. To be honest with you, I could get all down and dirty in some details here. Pretty much what happens, they have all this information. They start taking uh, Bryson's interviews. Uh, They start documenting things. They're really comparing uh, the photographs to the individuals that they found. And then they believe that they found a photo of Bob Rodella posed naked next to one of the victims. So what they did is on uh, they they bring him into the police station and they make him get completely naked and they just start taking pictures of him uh, in the same angle. They're trying to recreate the photos yeah. to, just to have evidence that it is, in fact, him in the pictures. That was a huge thing that they were trying to, like, close up on the, like, defense, like, argument, like mm. the, the possible defense argument of them saying, like, well, Bob's face isn't in any of these pictures. How do you know it was him? It's like, are you? Sh- they're under his bed. Yeah, they're. Yeah. They, it's the same hairy ass belly and small legs, and I don't know what his penis looked like, but I'd imagine the weird penis that you see on Bob here right now. Yeah, pretty like, much. It, like, how could that even be an argument? So they do all of that, uh, and then they start to kind of connect some of the cases, uh, and then this is when they realize that. Bob Bardella was sort of a living legend in the gay community. And I don't necessarily mean in just the gay community of Kansas City. In the, I mean in the more the pay-for-money gay community, pay-for-sex gay community. The prostitution community. Among prostitutes and what they would call derelicts. Uh, he, was, he was pretty well known because people knew that he was into some weird shit and, uh, you know... It was kind of the ongoing joke of you don't want to get picked up by that guy because we don't know what happens to the people that do. Um, So all of this is mounting against him. All this time, Bob Rodella is pleading not guilty. This is all just insane. He's like, well, this is just preposterous. And then finally, they get concrete evidence. And I mean concrete evidence. They found a human skull in his closet. 
And they sent the skull off to the University of Kansas Medical Center, right? Yeah. And there they discovered that this was the skull of one Robert Sheldon. There he is. There, it's all connecting. Oh, it all connects. And those envelopes, you put the teeth in there. It is all Ooh. connecting. Um, ooh, he, so that doesn't look good. After all of this happens, uh, they decide to officially indict him with murder. Pretty safe. Uh, on July 22nd, 1988, the grand jury, the grand jury formally indicted Mr. Brunella for the murder of Larry Wayne Pearson. This uh, they were doing all of the cases individually. Uh, he kept pleading that guilty. Then eventually they backed him into a corner. They they had so much evidence against him that he just came out and said, "Fuck it, I did it." And he step by step explained what he did to every single victim. Yeah, uh, gave them a rundown of where their remains were or where they possibly could be if he didn't know, and just he owned up to it. And by yeah. December. 19th, 1988, the Brudella family waived all of their rights to be tried again, and he was officially done. He was sentenced to prison. Nice. He was done. He's fucked. He's over. Yeah. Sort of. He's still alive. That oh, yeah. seems unfair. He's still alive. Um, And then, you know, during this time, he kind of had one of those, like, I wouldn't particularly call it a come-to-Jesus moment. But he he opened up about a lot of different things. Uh, he explained kind of his process and what he did. And, yeah, you know. which is a big reason why we got all the information we were able to find Absolutely. on this guy. It's so specific. Um, and I mean, he was getting extremely specific. I mean, he was down to exactly how many kilowatts he was using to electrocute people. What he was, yeah he to was, like. The dosages of all the things he was giving him, like volumes and just injections of things. He measured the Drano and wrote that down. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> he was he was very meticulous. So, after all of this, a couple of years later, while he is in prison, he is actually granted an interview on the KCPT radio station. And... Pretty much what he does is he gets on, he gives an interview, and then uh, he answers call-ins. So he's answering the phone for people calling to ask questions. And uh, he decided to take this time to restore his image as a sensitive individual and that he was being completely treated unfairly and he was horribly misunderstood. And they just, they were not, they were not doing the right thing. They were demonizing him, demonizing him, demonizing him. Demonizing God. I can't even say the word. How dare they do that? That's how terrible. But he was doing all that for no reason other than just to say, fuck you, Bob, and he was upset about it. Yeah. Uh, And then after this, Bob kind of got a little bitchy, if you will. (laughs) A little catty. Um, He lodged multiple complaints with the prison for the conditions that they had in the prison, citing that they were unfit living conditions, even for criminals. Uh, Then he also wrote several letters to a local minister claiming that the prison knew that he suffered from high blood pressure, yet they refused to give him his medication to make it any better. Uh, And then in 1992, he contacted the counselor whom he'd met on the day of his incarceration by the name of Mr. Reverend Rogers Coleman. This is when he... 
full out laid out his he's like you guys are you're taking away my medicine. They're trying to kill me, Reverend. I don't know what I'm gonna do. You gotta help me, Reverend. Uh, and then at two PM on October eighth of nineteen ninety two, shout out, that's Georgie's birthday. So happy birthday, Georgie. Hey, hey. Um This is when Brudello started complaining that he was having chest pain and heart pain. And he was taken from his cell to the prison infirmary where they saw that they could do nothing to help. And he was shipped off to the hospital. And when he got there, he was pronounced dead from a heart attack at 3.55 p.m. at the age of 43 years old. Hell yeah. Man, One final note, he outdid his dad by four years. Shortly after the news broke that Bob Berdella had died... The judge during his trial by the name of Elvin Randall, he was informed of Berdella's death and made a public statement saying, quote, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> that's, I, I don't even know. And that's where Bob Berdella's <laughs> story ends because he's fucking God dead. Damn. Dude, <laughs> people made such a joke out of him. You know, that, that there was that... Uh, that like oh the phone's ringing it's the phone it's the phone but there was a uh there was like some radio host in kansas city i think his name was like skid roadie and he that sounds <laughs> right right and he recorded and like played this uh this like version of uh what is it mellow yellow who's that by uh donovan donovan yeah but it was instead of like they call me mellow yellow they call me bob Bradella. <laughs> it was so fucked up. That's kind of interesting. It I is, like yeah, that. Dude, that, like, apparently that greatly upset Bob. Fuck Bob. <laughs> yeah. You know what greatly upsets me, Bob, is the torture and yeah, rape of individuals. torture and rape of individual men. You I know, don't approve of those you things. You know, they could they could have been uh, yeah, they could have been somebody. But no, they're just victims. And in a way, they live on forever in, in, in a their strange way. terrible, terrible death that they uh, they underwent. But so yeah, that's Bob Berdella. Uh that that was Bob Berdella. That's our two part series. It is. With that, we are officially effectively done with Bob Berdella. Yeah, Bob Berdella. It's good he's dead. I'm glad he's dead. Leave him in the ground, you know? Leave him down there. Uh Yeah, that's what I say. Yeah, don't reanimate him. Nothing like that. You ever that- seen that movie Reanimator? Oh yeah, like the eighties, like in the eighties. It's really bad. What? You didn't like that? I mean, I haven't seen it in probably ten years, but at the time, I thought it was terrible. Dude, it's badass. Even now, like the novelty of it, it's good. It's good. Are we sure? I mean, I believe you, but are we'll we have sure? to watch it to find out. Are we sure about that? Let's watch it. I cannot wait to be back next week. And Not it's, me either. It, it's it's eight days. Eight I know. days, people. I know, yeah. Sorry, I'm throwing off the whole hey, schedule of everything. It's fine. It's fine. You guys are just going to... I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm probably just going to upload it tonight. And you just get it a little early, oh, you know? Oh, God. I made a post that said it was going to be up on Friday. Well, that post might be wrong. We'll see. Ooh, we'll see. Ooh. Maybe they'll just be in for a shock. They'll be like, what the hell guys, is this? I have, a th- I have something to apologize for. I may have lied to you in a recent post I made. On Instagram slash Facebook. Hey, it's totally uh, fine. It's probably going to be released, like, right now. Probably. Like, probably, like, five minutes from when I finish this sentence. Ch- yeah, chances are. I mean, my computer goes a little slow, so maybe seven minutes, but it'll... Oh, we'll get there. It'll be up before we'll 8 p.m. We'll fucking get there. A little treat for you. 
But I we lied. we love you guys. We, we do we love you all very. We love much. you. It was just me and Grant here today because it's you know it wasn't the usual nice, crew. You know? I kind of like it, you know. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love the. I love Mitch. I love having Georgie around. But you know, it's, it's, it's the original the lineup here. This is how it's meant to be. Here, you know, yeah. It's what it's meant to be. We're allowed to do what we came here to do. I'm not being judged without any frill or superfluous shit. We are starting a cult. We are. Uh, that we was, did. We have. Yeah. We will. I know. We're here. Go Max. Um, and that was Grant. I'm Jake. You can follow us on all the shit. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, uh, what do we got? We got YouTube, too. We got YouTube. Go yes. check us out on there. Subscribe. Subscribe on all the stuff, wherever you listen. But anyway, we also have a link below for our Patreon. And, that we do. Uh, go on there. Donate. You get some cool stuff. There's shirts. There's there's episodes oh, you can't hear I would here on the main. extremely remiss if I did not put this one out there we want to give a big thank you oh, to, to our, our head researcher mr gabriel i don't i i i'm not i don't feel like you'd have a problem if i used your full name but you know what for right now I'm just for purposes like we, we want to get confirmation on that before we go ahead exactly with the last name but yeah dude gabriel you fucking came in clutch with this episode. we love you lots of good great. info he is You're just uh, a great he's a man. part of the crew now you have to respect him the same way you'd respect us you know yeah Fuckers. That's his life now. He's he's here. He's part. He's here to stay. He's a high clergyman of Gomex. But with all that being said, I love you from the bottom of my nipples. Yeah, that's Grant. It is. It's me. And me, I love you from all the the other parts of the body. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Bananas. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.